And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Peter Fennell, who during his near-death experience went to a castle keep in purgatory, and today we're going to learn about it. Peter, thank you for joining me and welcome. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Peter, can you start with a little bit of the backstory leading up to your NDE? Uh, you know, when we turn 50, we're all supposed to go in for some uh, preventative medicine, so to speak, colonoscopy. And, and they found some things inside of me and uh, it turned into an ordeal to try to get it done. So maybe I should have taken that direction from the universe, but I didn't followed Western medicine and got referred out for surgery. The surgeon, you know, had Yale education, background, everything seemed okay. But when he did my colon resection, the osmosis failed, um, created E. coli, sepsis, and a pretty nasty situation inside my belly. Um, I was home for four days until finally I got so sick that I had to return to the hospital and they performed a second surgery on me. It was after that second surgery, uh, I want to say three, three days after that, the doctor was trying to send me home again after a second surgery. But at this time I had six and a half liters of feces and sepsis in my abdomen. And after I fired him, it was at that moment when he's trying to send me home, a nurse was arguing with him. And it was at that moment, my family went and got a second opinion. That second opinion saved my life. I was immediately wheeled into the ICU where they began installing a drain on my belly. And at that point, I fired the physician. And had we not done that, I would probably be dead because of his ego. And it was my time in the ICU that led to my near-death experience. Was your near-death experience after these medical procedures that happened? Oh, yeah. It was, it was definitely the second surgery was the cause of it. I ended up having a duodenum ulcer. Uh, they, cut, they cut my duodenum during the surgery. The sepsis was there. Um, I... I in the ICU, there were, I'm missing days. I, I just wasn't here. My family would come see me, but in my mind, I was elsewhere. I was hallucinating, I was dying. So your NDE happened while you were under anesthesia during surgery? No, my NDE happened in the ICU afterwards when I was recovering from the sepsis. Um, they shuffled me around. It was during a high peak of COVID too. So, I mean, I was being shuffled a lot and it was all, it's all scrambled in my memory. But when I got to this one room, I was across from the nurse's station behind the nurse's station, the hospital turned into like a steampunk Gothic scene to the point where I mistook one of the nurses, a male nurse for a welder. And I was having conversations with another nurse about him finding a different job and, you know, he does good work and it was strange. And it was at that point that I exited the hospital. My 
soul, I guess, left the hospital. And in my hallucinatory state, I stepped up to a door. And I could feel the hospital behind me. And I could see the darkness on the other side. And I just stepped through. I stepped out into the darkness. And it was like a castle keep. Like we were standing on top of a wall looking down across purgatory. And I don't know who I was talking to. I don't know who brought me there. I don't have that clarity. When you say you left the hospital, do you feel like you had an out-of-body experience and left your body as well? Yes, I know. I know I did. I was standing in a doorway and one side was dark, one side was light. I start breaking up a little bit. It's because of the PTSD that comes with this. So You also used the word hallucination. Would you say this was not a hallucination due to medication? When you hallucinate on drugs, mm-hmm. which some of us have done in our past, we uh, it's a different type of thing. This was, I was dying. I was septic. I was E. coli. I was, I had an open port on my side where the infection was draining. My fevers were 105, 106. I was, I was losing blood left and right. So I was, I was dying. This was the the hallucinatory state that I was in was death. But the hallucination is the only way to describe it. You were with somebody there, although you can't really describe the person and you don't know who it was. Do you think this being led you there? I think they were sent to meet me there. I, I want to say it was my mother because she's always been the nurturing one, the caring one. But somehow I keep getting this image that it was my father. And my father's kind of suicide as a child. So that's, I think he was warning. So you're there, you're on this castle wall, you're looking down at purgatory. What did you do next? It was, I felt like I was given information, not, not a conversation, but information. Like something was immediately downloaded into me. And I mean, I I look, you're looking across this purgatory. We're standing on this car, this stone wall. I'm with the being. I don't know who it is. And all I can see is a light on the other side of purgatory. There, there was a light and I could see into it and it was a society that was clean and beautiful and everything was functioning. But in between was purgatory. And I think that was my father warning me about suicide. Can you describe what purgatory looked like? Um, have you ever seen the movie Constantine? Probably, but it's been a while. Keanu Reeves, towards the end, he commits suicide. And he goes into this space where everything is brown and black and malignant and whipping around. And it's like a storm. But everything is that sepia tone. You know, everything is monotone. Mm -hmm. And it was just death. It was an absence of it wasn't death it was an absence of life it was an absence of existence kind of like a wasteland right exactly 
you know, if anybody's seen that movie Constantine when he did that, that's exactly what it is. Were there people there? There were souls and people there out in the purgatory. And some seemed like they were wandering aimlessly and some seemed like they were malicious. Some seemed like they were having fun. It, it was, uh, it was an experience to say the least. Could you hear anything? I, I want to say all I heard was the information that was being downloaded into me. You know, I, I went into the hospital, a smoker, two pack a day smoker. I was a heavy drinker. I would, every time we'd sit down and have beers, it was eight or 10 at a shot, 12 or 14. If it was a long night, you know, and all the, and I, I somewhere in later in life, I developed an allergy to onions, but this information that got downloaded into me took all that away. I haven't had a cigarette since July, 2021. I haven't had a drop of alcohol since July, 2021, I've lost my allergy to onions, but I've also lost my social life. The person that I was, and I'm still trying to find out who the hell I'm supposed to be behind this. So you're there on the castle, you're looking out. What happened next? Um, I got the information. And then all of a sudden, I was back in the hallway at the hospital. I was back in the light. And I came back into the ICU. And I think that's when I came out and I was talking to the nurse. And I, I, it's the strangest thing. I came out of it I, and I attacked a nurse. Okay. I, I didn't physically attack her. I verbally attacked her. I was tied down. I guess somewhere through all of that hallucinatory states, I was tearing out my IVs. I was fighting. Uh, I was being combative. Uh, I almost tore my, I think I tore my drain out at one time. And the nurse who had to tie me down was a big woman. Okay. Her hair was pulled back so tight. You could see her scalp. And she had this wispy long ponytail on the back. She was just one of those uptight medical people. And she laid over top of me. I, I get these images. Like she laid over top of me during my near-death experience when I was being combative. And she was trying to tie me down. She was praying at the same time. But she wasn't praying for me. She was praying out of malice and anger. And I could see the intention behind it being in that state. I, I, could, I could sense it. I could see it. So when I came out of it, I attacked her and her religion. I don't know why, hmm. other than that. After you were back and recovering, did you make a pretty quick recovery health-wise? I don't know exactly how long I was in the ICU. But when I came back, I want to say two to three weeks, two weeks I was out of the ICU. They moved me up into a normal room. I was there for a week. I mean, my, my total hospital experience went from the beginning of July till the end of August, 2021. You know, there were, there was a three day break in there where I actually went home. Then there was the time in the hospital for recovery. And then even beyond that, 
I had recovery in a long-term care facility. So I was out for seven and a half weeks. Do you recall any of the information that you downloaded from the other side? Yeah, it was stop drinking, stop smoking. We're going to fix your life. Trust us. And they took it all away, man. They took away my bad habits. They took away my allergies. And I'm trying to move forward. I, I'm trying to figure out what the next phase is. You use the words, trust us, and we are going to help you. Were there other beings that you encountered? No, it wasn't other beings. It was whoever this person was that was representing, was representing, I, you know, my, my mother passed away a few years ago. Um, I was sitting at a desk that has a shrine behind the computer of all the friends I've lost since I've been out of the hospital. I've got three faces back there. I've had and two faces I had to handle the estates for all while I was recovering after the hospital. So it's, it was a cumulative, like all my ancestors, all my, all the people who loved me and looked out for my energy were what was looking out for me at that point. Besides stopping drinking and smoking, what other ways has your life changed since your experience? Wow. Um, I mean, I, I <laughs> it's difficult because it, I lost my social life because of the drinking and smoking. I still have friends who care about me, but socially I'm reclused. Um, I've withdrawn from society. I am easily agitated. I, I fly off the handle at any given moment. I can't even, yeah, we'll get, well, that's a different story, but um, <laughs> it's changed a lot. I'm not the same person like Pete Moss. That's my handle on Facebook. That's what you got in touch with me with. And that's my redneck moniker. You know, that's my hillbilly redneck moniker, my barbecue name. Um, he's the guy who drank and smoked. He's the guy who had onion allergies. He's the guy that left in purgatory, I think. And I came back this clean being, and I don't know why. Do you feel like you're still processing this NDE? Oh, beyond belief every morning, every day. I, I've gotten to the point where I feel a calling beyond this to get clarity on what happened to me. And I've started researching ayahuasca and taking that journey, that spiritual journey and seeing if I can get the clarity that I need to continue on with what's happening, life. Have you started practicing meditation or anything like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah my, my, my sleep patterns are all screwed up. So I'm waking up at 2, 3, 4, 5 o'clock in the morning. It just depends. And I sit for hours alone in the dark. And I listen to meditative music and I try to think peaceful thoughts but the, the morning is when the anxiety and the PTSD is the worst for me because I know that I have to face another day 
living a life. Living a life that was thrust upon me unwillingly. Has the memory of this experience in purgatory faded over time? No. No, it's actually, the more I sit and I try to process it, and the more I try to think of what actually happened to me, I start getting more images, and I I start being able to piece it together. And it's like a jigsaw puzzle. Half the pieces are turned upside down. Half the pieces are turned right side up. Nobody's straightened out the edges. So you just got to start flipping the pieces over one at a time. Then you start sectioning them off, and eventually the picture comes together. Eventually. Have you noticed since your experience that you have any new psychic or cognitive abilities that you didn't have prior? I I don't want to say psychic. I don't want to say, I want to say empathic. I feel more. I I feel nature more. I feel I feel outside forces working on me. In a good way? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you can't take away a two-pack-a-day cigarette habit. And, you know, I was drinking two cases a week, guaranteed. Maybe it was only in three or four sittings. But, you know, you can't take all that away and not have it be a positive. It's confusing, but positive. Do you feel like you have a purpose or you were brought back for a reason, but you just haven't discovered it yet? I've been brought back for a reason. I'm discovering it. And I think handling estates and being that empath and taking care of people. I don't want to see. I don't, I don't, <laughs> it's still confusing. It's, it really is. I don't want to be a caretaker. I don't want to be in the medical field, but I do want to help people. I, the spiritual calling to go do ayahuasca. I, I can't let it go. It's been 18 months and it's getting stronger and stronger. And the closer I get to it, the more clarity I get on what actually happened and what's supposed to be happening. Do you think it's possible that you were supposed to be here during this incarnation helping people and somehow you got sidetracked into all this other stuff and now you've kind of get, been given a second chance to, you know, put you back on the right track? It seems that way. Because, I mean, with losing some of my social circle, I've lost some negative energies around me. You know, and that's, you can't be a big 250 pound guy look like me drink and smoke and hang out in dive bars without living a life of abuse. That doesn't exist for me anymore. And the, the, the people, some of my true friends from that arena are still my friends, but even they've distanced themselves a bit. So I think I've been lunged into a new life. Like I said, Pete Moss, he died in that hospital. And now Peter Fennell, the real me, has to figure it all out and 
the path that they've laid out for me is a lot more positive than the one I was on before. It's just as simple as they may be people that want to go party and you, they know you're not going to go party anymore. So what's the point of calling you up? Right. And that's, and that's fine because that's not my life anymore. Right. Instead of a beer, I'm grabbing water. Yeah. During your experience, did you have any sense of time or lack of time? It would have to be more the lack of time. There, there was time didn't exist. I mean, I felt like I was in that situation for a moment, but coming back, finding out that I was in the ICU for as long as I was, it wasn't just a moment. It was a period of time. So when I was in that state, there was no time. Is there anything about this experience that you find inspiring? I know deep down inside, this is a really, really good thing. This is a really positive thing. I'm alive and I have to learn how to live again. So this has been a completely positive experience. It's just the negative portion of it is it was involuntary. Right. Sudden and involuntary. What were your religious views prior to this experience and have they changed afterwards? No, my religious views pretty much got cemented. Um, I grew up Christian. I've been exposed to Christianity most of my life. I've been around Jewish folks. I've been around Muslim folks. I've been exposed to a lot of different spiritualities and cultures. Somewhere through that process, I've learned that religion has been by man. Spirituality has turned into a commerce. So I'm, I'm not atheist. There's a higher power. I believe there are beings in this universe that are greater than we, but I don't know what they are. And to have human beings say what they are, that's a concept that I don't think any of us can grasp. So they haven't changed. They've been kind of cemented because of the hypocrisy of religion and the <laughs> by man. You know. After watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions. Are you up for that? Sure. What's sure. the best way to reach you? You can get a hold of me, uh, Chef Daddy. 1968 at gmail.com. And that's chef like C-H-E-F? Yes. D-A-D-D-Y 1968. At gmail, right? Right. Would you be open to Facebook as well? Oh, absolutely. Moss Pit. The Moss Pit. Or no, I'm sorry. Uh, Pete Moss is my current name. Okay. But that may change to Peter Fennell because I think we'll put him to rest. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like a better idea. I think that's part of the process with a near-death experience. Like, me coming out so different than when I went in, I haven't had time to process my own death. I haven't had time to mourn my own death. And I jumped right into, you know, I got out of the hospital in August, and I had a friend pass in October. Immediately jumped into taking care of and as soon as I was able to get up and drive around, taking care of his estate. And I was taking care of a friend of ours, another older gentleman at the same time. And he went into hospice in December. 
So then I'm, I'm still handling his estate and trying to take care of his mother in Maine. So it's, I, I got launched into a caretaking end of life processing position automatically coming out of the hospital. It's almost like you became a caretaker of your past community. Yeah, I, 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 I did. When I was in the hospital, my friend was dying. He, he was cancer, had turned terminal. And he loved his mother dearly and hated his brother. And me surviving this put me in a position to finish off his estate and come to find out his brother shipped his mother and his mother ended up shipped a hundred miles outside of town in Maine and in a facility that you don't want to be in. And I found this out, not through the brother who was trying to get the money, but through messages I was receiving from Marvin, my friend, he, he kept putting information into me about hire another lawyer have somebody go by and so we called we called a friend in maine we had him go by the apartment the apartment was empty called the augusta police department found out she had been in the hospital and they hired a lawyer found out she's upstate and now we're trying to get her moved into someplace better because of the messages i was receiving from my friend i don't, I don't want to sit here and say i'm channeling i don't want to sit here and say that i'm psychic but i'm open to receive you know i'm open to let my people talk to me. But it sounds like you are getting messages somehow from the other side, right? Right. Are they also right. like downloads? Yeah, kind of. It's just an immediate feeling. And I know that's what I got to do. Hmm. Interesting. That's, 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 that's why I'm going to do the ayahuasca thing is I got to get this straightened out. I don't want to sit here and claim to be something I'm not. I don't want to sit here and profess something I don't even understand myself. I want to be honest and open with everything I do. Now this happened in 2022 or 21? 2021. Okay. So it's been about a year and a half, right? Okay. Right. All right. Before we finish up, can you give us one last positive message? <sighs> as hard as they are to find, I am grateful to be alive. I, I, I want to learn how to live again and I'm going to because I was given that chance and I believe it was because I came here. I had to come back to help people and that's what my mission is now. I'm just set out to get this clarity so I can help people. Peter, thank you so much for being my guest. I really appreciate you and I wish you a great rest of your evening. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate you too. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.